Remember my senior year of college, I heard about this study where they compared people who made a list of written life goals as compared to those who didn't. And the ones who made life goals actually ended up making a lot more money in their career. And I thought that sounded like a good idea. So I made a list of life goals my senior year of college, something I've revisited from time to time. And one of those goals became a dream. It's actually goal number three. And goal number three on my list of life goals is to be a part of a genuine spiritual awakening in America. And I know that sounds like a strange life goal, but it's something that I've been dreaming about ever since, for God to do something unique. Things like you read about in the Bible or in history where God sweeps across a nation or a group of people and changes things in a supernatural way. So over the years, that dream resonated within my mind and over time began to take shape in a very unexpected way. I jumped into local church youth ministry, did that for 20 years, and over time, things I began to see God do in the lives of students began to put the pieces together about how something happening before my eyes that I was seeing might connect with that goal number three on my list from college. And it began when, in 2003, with a friend, we, we decided as youth pastors to challenge our students to pray for their schools. And it started off as an annual event, and we decided to give it a name, and we came up with the name Claim Your Campus. The idea of, of students claiming responsibility to, to show Christ's love to their school, and prayer being the, the primary way in which they do that. So this annual event that happened in 2003 and four. Then in 2005, through the encouragement of students that I worked with in my youth group, became weekly prayer groups. And every week I met with students at East Kentwood High School here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I live, where I was youth pastor. And at East Kentwood High School, it's a unique school. It's, it's used to be, I'm not sure if it still is, it was the largest public high school in the state of Michigan. 48 countries of origin are represented in the student body. It's a, it's a melting pot of students from around the world. And eight students and myself every Tuesday morning would pray in the lobby of the school. And we prayed, and weeks and months went by. And one day, the students were challenged to, to pray for something specific. So they began to pray for the issue of violence and fighting in their school, which they had Mentions seemed to be escalating over time, and so a couple months went by, and every week we would pray for this issue of fighting in the school. No posters, no t-shirts, no slogans, no school announcements, no school club, just simply students meeting in the lobby of East Kentwood High School to pray for God to begin to shape this one particular area of the school. And about three months after doing that, school board released their quarterly report, and in that report they stated that for for some unknown reason, which they couldn't figure out, fighting had stopped at that school for the first time in its history. And from there, it was like a light switch for me. And I began to think about the possibility of what would happen at every school if students would do something really simple. And they'd pray. And they would pray that God would change something specific in that school. And that dream chased me for several years after until 
in 2009, God called me to leave my role as a youth pastor to set it all aside and without knowing how I would even survive financially, start chasing this dream of students praying in every school. Claim your campus. This dream began to grow and it began to spread. And now Claim Your Campus is happening all across the country. And the dream is as being birthed in schools, uh, middle schools and high schools from the East Coast to the West Coast to the North, the South, the Midwest, all across America, students are praying. And that conversation and that dream began to take shape of something very incredible that God began to birth in my heart and other people's hearts. And it happened, and it, was, and it began to unfold in a conversation of all places at a Chick-fil-A. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Well, we are currently in a series where we are looking behind the closed doors of a school campus. Last episode, we looked at the perspective of the insiders. And today we are continuing this series where we have a big announcement where we feel that we are talking about something that will change America. We also have a digital life series that if you have not listened to, that was our series before this one. It is talking about ways to help students navigate their digital footprint. And it is a very fascinating, fascinating series in regards to digital life, to science and the screen. We talked to Chris McKenna, who is part of the Protect Young Eyes. That, that last series with Chris was great. We've gotten a lot of incredible feedback. Thank you for listening to it. If you haven't, yeah, I want to encourage you. It, it's a must. In, in the world in which we live, in the information, the digital age, we need to be equipped. He, he often, Chris talks about, you can't be uh, passive pastors or parents in the digital age. And that's so true. So if you go back and listen to those episodes... I know you'll find great, helpful, and very practical information about how we help students navigate and create their digital footprint in a way that, that's healthy. Check us out on our social media pages. Check us out, um, the Thought Factory Podcast, on our Never the Same Facebook page, which is our organization here, as well as a companion blog that will go with this particular episode, as with all of our episodes, that will take you more into depth in what's happening. Today, as you mentioned, Jason... We're revealing something that we've been teasing and kind of hinting at for a while, a big announcement about something that uh, we're doing that we're a part of that I know every one of you listening is going to want to hear what this is about. We've heard the beginning of the dream. We'll get back to Chick-fil-A, but before that, let's meet a public high school teacher named Jared. We're glad to have Jared Amrine with us here today as we're talking about what's happening behind closed doors at schools. Jared's been a teacher in middle school and high school for eight years, three schools, two states, West Coast and Midwest. So you've you've taught a little bit in some different regions in the country. You were a math teacher, yeah, through our friendship and talking with you. You've you've seen and heard and experienced a lot of really crazy things with students. Talk about some of the circumstances that you've you've seen students go through at school. Yeah, so I've had uh, man a crazy, uh, crazy mess of students and a crazy awesome mess of students. Um, you know, I've had some uh, students from Nepal. They couldn't speak any English, and 
principal came in and said, hey, you have a new student, teach him math. So I got out Google Translator and started teaching some math. <laughs> I had a lot of students that were uh, really broken, had a lot of a lot of broken homes, not, not just in terms of divorce or anything, but um, they desired so much relationship and meaningful relationships. You know, I had some students that would uh, come in hungry, so I always had granola bars on hand or something to give them because the first period, they don't want to do math, they want to eat. I had some students that uh, were constantly on their phone, Come to find out, they were just trying to find a place to sleep for that night because they were kicked out of their house. I've had students that, uh, in middle school even, I've had um, seventh grade parents. So that's seventh graders with kids. We've talked here in this series, everything changed as we record this just a few days ago in Florida with this shooting. And we, we're all, it's, it's interesting because as a ministry, we've been passionate and very involved on school campuses and helping students. And now it seems like the curtain is pulled back. Everyone's seeing the need for for the presence of God. I mean, as believers, a lot of people are saying, we see the need for the presence of God on school campuses. And you're talking about things, obviously, that go way outside the bounds of the academic environment, things that are they're dealing with that like all of us, you can't keep your personal life personal when you go into work. If something's going on, it's just, it comes with you when you walk through the door. And um, so those things, how, how does that shape your perspective on schools and students knowing what you know? You know, you go through years of training on how to teach a lesson. And, um, you know, so you get all that kind of book knowledge. And then you get into the schools. And, you know, I'd say most of my day was centered towards uh, building relationships with kids. And, um, less about teaching the lesson, you know, and, and, or how are they going to respond to this? Or in what way should I teach them this? And, um, yeah, man, with that, uh, with that shooting and, and all the others, you know, that have happened in the last, you know, 20 years, even just since Columbine, um, it kind of, it kind of changes the dynamic of, of how you feel when you walk into a school. You know, some, some days it's business as normal because you don't think about it. You just put it aside, but, uh, you know, I, I look at the faces in my classroom and I, and I would think, man, I, I might have to protect them today. 99.5% of students have to go through middle school and high school in America. Like students are on the campus of, of schools. Talk to us about why schools matter. You know, you look at a school campus, you have every race, you have every religion, and we're not talking little pockets of cities and towns here and there have all of it, but in the nation, everybody goes through a school, and it's where we form our society. I mean, you, we're, we're teaching them a base knowledge that we want people to have, that we want our society to have. And it's just, I mean, it's mind-boggling to think. So when people say, you know, teaching isn't that important, or there's that joke when, when you can't, then you teach. And if you can't teach, you teach Jim. Jim. Yeah. 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 Isn't that how that goes? Sorry, yeah, Jim's yeah, teachers. Yeah. I always wanted to teach Jim. But, I think uh, being a gym teacher would be the greatest job ever. I've always thought Are we that. talking about the kid Jim? Yeah. Yeah. To teach Jim. Just one yeah. pupil? Yeah. Audience of one, Jim. Jim. Yeah. Society's rules of engagement are formed on campuses. That's where we learn to interact with each other. That's where we learn societal norms. So teachers really do shape a lot of that, don't they? You've seen that. Yeah, and, you know, so the job teaching, it, it dawned on me a couple of years into the gig, and I had this 
huge load of responsibility just heaped onto my shoulders from, from myself, but taking on the responsibility that I'm helping shape our society. Like teaching is more than just, hey, here's a lesson. Hey, did you learn how to add two plus two? It's how can I work in a life lesson to this, to this math problem? And I, man, I would do that every day. You know, I would talk about how uh, 95% of uh, conflict is usually a communication error. So it's funny, the old, the old adage that uh, math teachers want you to show all your steps, right? They always say, show your steps, show your steps. Well, there's a reason for that. Because we don't just write an answer and circle it. So in life, I would teach them, well, there's steps to every problem we have in life. So after eight years of teaching, your your life took a somewhat dramatic turn, and that dramatic turn, as I referred to earlier, happened at a Chick-fil-A. And it was at the, the grand opening of the Chick-fil-A here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where our ministry is based, where we're recording this. They were opening up their first one here in West Michigan, and if you're not familiar with what they do, it's a lot of fun. They they have, if you want to go there early the day before, you can stay. And if you hang around and camp out the night before, you get free Chick-fil-A for a year. So I found myself there. Jared was there. And you and I began to have this conversation just about a year ago. And God began to reveal and show you some things about what he had for you. So Chick-fil-A, man, it was uh, it was a, not just a fun time, but uh, pretty life-changing. You know, as we were talking, as we were hanging out, you... You kind of had this feeling, and you you dropped a bomb on me and said, uh, "Well, how about um, how about you think about CYC, claim your campus, and and uh, what it might look like if you come on board uh, with us there and and help us out with that." And at the time, you know, I had been four years at the current high school that I was teaching at, and I wasn't thinking anything like that, you know, doing a whole career shift here. But God was doing a lot of um. A lot of soul changing within me, a lot of changing my heart, not for my focus and helping students and, and being there for students, but just in, in general where my everyday efforts go, I think. Man, I had this crazy dream with you and I in it too. And uh, as we were talking, I was starting to think more about that dream. And this dream was you and I out in the field and we were just talking. There were a lot of people around us. I mean, tons of people I couldn't couldn't count. But uh, yeah, I didn't really know what it meant at the time, but um come to find out it's it's pretty impactful and I know we're going to get into some stuff in a in a little bit but uh, I think since that conversation we started to really think about what what the future of claim your campus could look like and and my role in that so this moment that you and I began to have this conversation about a year ago Jared and myself knew each other a little bit not uh, super well and God began to open all these doors someone had mention you as a possibility because here at Never the Same, in our organization, we had been looking for someone for about two years to try to to come in and, and help take Claim Your Campus, this student-led prayer movement, to a new level of growth. We'd experienced a lot of growth, but but our vision, as we're going to talk about later, is a big one. And someone brought you to mind. We ended up at Chick-fil-A just within the next day or two, and you had this dream, and it all began to to come together that God would be speaking to someone who was a public school teacher and tap them on the shoulder about about this student-led prayer movement. So we're going to spend some more time talking about that. We're also going to talk about where this is all going and what God's doing to, to weave together some stories and what's happening and what He is going to do and is doing 
through students as they pray across the country. Hey, Dan Seaborn here from Winning at Home. I've had the privilege of being friends with Jeff and Jason. Uh, Jeff, known as a youth pastor comrade for many years, Jason effectively uh, made a difference in my daughter's life. Let me just say something. This thing they've developed, the NTS camps, never the same. I believe that statement's so true. These guys are pouring their heart and soul into make a difference in the lives of teens and effectively in the lives of parents as well. And I want to encourage you, I endorse them fully, get your kid to these camps because if they go there, they won't be the same. They will come home with a different attitude, different spirit. Everything you're looking for, that's what they're going to come home with. And so I challenge you as a parent, I challenge you even as a teen, consider it because I believe this will make a mark for the kingdom and a mark in your life. Check it out. I highly encourage you to pursue this because I believe it will be effective in furthering the walk of your family with the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome back. We are continuing the conversation about what happens behind closed doors, but also solutions to some of these issues, the challenges. And we've mentioned it a number of times in a number of episodes. You may have heard about it. It's part of our organization, Claim Your Campus. We truly believe Claim Your Campus is one of those solutions that we we see needed to be implemented into the school campus. And Claim Your Campus is is about student and praying at school campuses. And so we want to discuss that a little bit further and what the plans are for big vision aspects of Claim Your Campus. Claim Your Campus started when I was a youth pastor in 2003. Me and another friend were both youth pastors at the time, lived in different cities, and wanted to engage our students praying. We started an annual event that turned into weekly prayer groups at schools. And through that, in beginning to see the differences on the school campuses, even statistically seeing differences, it awakened something inside of me to say, what would happen on every school campus if students were praying on a regular basis? And through that, Claim Your Campus was birthed in terms of a national movement in 2009. We're currently in, as we record this, uh, that we know of 42 states, about 1,500 schools, at least 25,000 students engaged in praying weekly for their schools and our really our mission is to see 1 million students praying now that's a a big round nice even neat number but where do you get a million do you just pick it out of the sky that number actually comes from breaking down the number of schools and the number of days and the number of students that could be praying to reach a million And what we've discovered is there are 67,000 middle schools and high schools in America, and if 15 students were meeting for prayer every week at all those 67,000 schools, there would be 1 million students praying. That even breaks down further to three students per day. The model that we've set up for Claim Your Campus is something that's so simple, one student adopting a day of the week and inviting two friends to join, and from there they invite other friends and their prayer group can grow numerically. But just think of this simple idea of five students adopting each day of the week at a school and each inviting two friends, thus making 15 students. This, we feel like, is simple and it's attainable. It is a God-sized goal, but we're moving very quickly towards achieving this vision and mission. I just want you to imagine with me what our country would look like with a generation of students one million of them regularly meeting for prayer in in what we've talked about, these strategic places of cultural influence, what it would do to shape the soul of our nation. We've been seeing in the news and 
through this shooting that, that just happened in Florida, the need for God in schools. And this is a way that students can bring about significant spiritual climate change on their campus. And to get to this mission of one million students, we felt like at Claim Your Campus, we've needed two significant tools. Number one is a technology uh, component, which would allow us to be able to track, to measure, to see, to train, to equip, to unite students across the country to pray. And that came in the form of the Claim Your Campus mobile app. Jason, you worked on that for about two years, designing it, thinking um, strategically about how that would work. Let's talk about that a little bit because you spent two years, we spent over $100,000 investing in this, and it's been out for not quite two years. Talk about the, the app, how it works. It was a pretty big project. We, I remember when we started dreaming of what it would look like to organize the million students across the country. How do we even get to see this vision come to fruition? And in the process, the mobile app was our solution to be able to organize students in such a way that was accessible to them. Yes, not every student has a mobile device, a smartphone to be able to download the app, but we believe that that's where it's going. And so um, we we developed this app in two years where we mapped it out. We said, what are the features? How do we organize? How can we get students to claim a, a, a certain day um, at their school to be able to find their school on this app? That's what this app does. This app allows a student to come on and find their school and claim whether they want to pray for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they are able to see who else is a part of those groups and be able to start being organized across the country. And we guide them through prayers every single day of the week, where if they meet on a, a Tuesday at 7 a.m., they are able to go into the, the mobile app and go through a prayer. We pray for four things, grace, peace, justice, and mercy. And that is something that we guide these students to, and then they are able to invite their friends to join them in prayer, and those friends are able to see who else is a part of the group. And we are able to look on the back end. You mentioned how many schools, how many states, how many users. We're able to look at that data, raw data, and know that that is how many schools are claimed. And when we want to see 67,000 schools claimed, we're able to say, yes, definitely that is how many are claimed because we have a way to organize it. The, the National Database of Schools is connected to the app, so the students can go on there and find their school, correct? Absolutely. You are able to find your school, search it by state, city, find your school. If you are not able to find your school, we also have the ability to add that school to the database. Sometimes we don't include elementaries. But schools go from kindergarten all the way up through eighth grade or all the way up through 12th grade. And so their school may not be included into the database because it, we've restricted the elementary school. But um, if you are in middle school or high school involved in a, a school that includes the elementary grades, then we are able to add that school within minutes. Jason, you in, in your time developing that, you worked with a company that developed uh, the Uversion Bible app, which is a very popular app. Many of you listening probably have that in your phones. I know I do use it all the time. 
And you did such a great job in creating an environment where students can open up that app. And a lot of apps are focused on the individual. This is more of a community experience. They open it up and a student leader actually just uses the prompts from that to guide their prayer. It teaches them how to pray. It unites them in prayer. It helps them lead as as well as learn about prayer. And Jason, you just did such an incredible job with that. And what we've heard over and over is that students are saying to us, thank you for providing a path for us to know how to pray for our school. And the other thing, Jason, you mentioned, but but just talk about it briefly, is that when they open that app, a student in, let's say, Los Angeles, California, in New York City, they're uh, in different time zones. They're opening up that app on a, on a Wednesday for their Wednesday weekly prayer group. And they're, they're seeing the same information. Is that right? That is correct. If somebody is praying for grace on Wednesday, everybody that meets on Wednesdays is praying for the same thing and for the same issues that we have been able to identify in schools. We have been able to know that these are the top issues and we want students to pray for them. We've really wanted to design it around community, like you said, where it's not just you go on individually and pray, but it's the intent is to meet in a group and there is an organizer and there's participants and the organizer is leading everybody else in that group through this prayer, through the study of prayer, through the, the strategy of, of the day and being able to be challenged of how can we as Christ followers be representative of Christ in that school. So we know from our listenership, there's a high probability if you're listening to this right now, you are an adult. And so you can download this app. I want to encourage you to go to the App Store right now, even as you're listening to this, uh, search Claim Your Campus, whatever platform you use, you'll find it, download it, check it out. There is a place for adults to be an adult sponsor, in other words, to be an encouragement to students, but students are able to interact with one another, able to message each other, able to invite through their contacts, uh, their friends to to um, go to their weekly prayer group and tell them what time and where. And like I said, Jason, you've done such a great job. And that... That mobile technological platform has enabled us, in a sense, to to be able to unite uh, one million students. So the possibility is no longer just an idea. It's really there. And what I love about the way it's set up is that we're able to, again, to track the prayer movement of students on campus around the country. So we talked about two components, one being the, the piece of technology. The second piece to reach this idea of one million is a catalytic event. Now, we've been talking in the past few episodes about an announcement, and you're about to hear it. Because a catalytic event, we feel, is important to be able to unite a generation. We live in a time right now where I think there's finally an awareness of our need and a growing desperation for God in our society. And we at Never the Same, and here in the Thought Factory podcast, we believe that students are really a, a significant and key element to God changing society, to change hearts, to change lives, to see the power of God's love and, and redemption at work in people's hearts and in our world, to make it more like he wants it to be, like Jesus prayed, may your kingdom come, your have, you know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So through that, we've been dreaming of this event that could happen. And we want to talk about that. And that's where Jared comes in. Jared mentioned earlier 
uh, a dream he had of, of a field. And over the past several years, as this dream has been birthed within me and others, a location of an actual field has come into play. And what we're looking at doing is bringing together students from across the country in one place at one time for, for one event to mobilize them to reach their campus, to pray for their school, to, to be able to share God's love with their friends, and to be able to, to serve on their campus. Three basic, simple things. That event will happen on July 4th, 2020. I want you to mark that in your calendars right now. July 4th weekend of the year 2020. It will be in a field in the middle of the country. Jared, you had a dream that you and I were, were talking in a field. What's amazing about that is when we had that conversation at Chick-fil-A, you had that dream previous to our conversation. And what I shared with you, you said earlier, I dropped a bomb on you. That bomb was the fact that I shared with you that, that God had given me a vision of an event in a field, a very specific particular field. And as we've literally seen this field and we visited it, it's, it's the same field that was the vision that God had given me, and it was the same field in your dream. Jared's come along on an organization and um, made a step of faith. God began to shift your heart. You were a, you were a, a teacher. And then uh, through our conversation, you took a step into a new direction in your life. And let's talk about what that looks like, what God's called you to do. It was funny when I... Uh was telling you about the dream, I thought it was just, hey, I think we're going to have a cool friendship because I had a dream and we were talking and it was like we had known each other for years or, you know, and as you're right, as we started talking, it was being revealed that no, this field has some significance for in the future for this big event and that there were thousands of people and I didn't know who they were. And so even though I had been teaching and I didn't have any desire to change um, jobs or professions, God doing this work in me a year before even our conversation kind of came to a pinnacle at, at Chick-fil-A. God had been aligning a lot of what I had been feeling with what Claim Your Campus and you have been feeling, Jeff. And, and part of the story is as Claim Your Campus has grown, we've, we've been looking for someone that can help us strategize how it can grow. And, and, and God began to speak to you and brought your path along with Claim Your Campus. So the background of, we haven't mentioned about your background of engineering and your background of teaching math and your background of the school campus. God brought you on to, to be a significant part of what this event itself will look like. And as our organization partners with many other organizations, we're excited to see what's going to happen as on that weekend of July 4th, we gather together and we bring students together for a national event, which hasn't happened in a long time. In fact, we can't even uh, remember. Probably those of you that might even recognize the name, DCLA was an event that happened. Um, and it's been, I think, about at least 20 years since that event has happened. But we feel like this is a a a God dream. It's a God vision. It's not Jeff's dream. It's not Jared's. It's not never the same's. And that's been affirmed because Jared, you stepping into this role, now we've begun to get other organizations on board. We begin to see momentum build for 
seeing something happen where God could ignite a campus movement of students praying and sharing and caring for their classmates in a time where it's desperately needed. I think our awareness of that is is higher now than it's ever been in a long time. And so this event, Claim Your Campus 2020, as it's down the road a couple years, we're going to be talking to you about it because those of you listening, there is a part for you to play in this event because it's not just about students. It's about us as adults supporting these students to bring about change and to bring the awareness and the reality of Christ's love to campuses. Jared, as a person that's been actively involved in a campus and with students, there's a role for adults to play, whether they be teachers, parents, coaches, youth workers, youth pastors. If you're hearing this now, you're hearing, you're one of the people to hear it for the first time. This summer and into the fall, there'll be a national campaign and strategy to talk about how this will unfold. But, but we're talking about um, this concept of adults being advocates. So, Jared, talk about that. What role will adults play that's significant leading up to this catalytic event? So we're asking adults to do really three things in our adult campaign. We're asking them to pray, register, and invite. So pray, to pray to pick a school and pray for it, to register that school and invite other schools and other adult advocates to join on board in, in getting students, getting schools represented at the event. Being an adult advocate is key to this campaign, to this event. Being an adult advocate means that you are registering and making sure the school that you are advocating for is registered and that that enables the students in that community to be able to attend this event. So you are paying for that spot to be able to see students from that community, that school, come to this event and inviting other adults to be advocates as well. Obviously, as an adult, when you are advocating for the community that you live in, you obviously aren't advocating for another community outside of the one that you live in. So, But you probably have influence and relationships with those who are in other communities. So inviting other adults to advocate for the schools that they are a part of. You as adults are going to play a very significant role, as Jason and Jerry are talking about, in this movement, because as as you know, if you're listening to this and you work with students, you know that they need the support of caring adults. Jared talked about as a teacher, many of you that listen, your coaches, there's a lot of youth pastors that are listening, but if you're an advocate for a school, you're enabling that school to have the opportunity to be at this event where at this event, they're going to learn what they can do to change their school. And there's a lot of more detail that we're going to be sharing about what this event looks like. But what's interesting about the time in which we live is that August of 2019, it will be 50 years since Woodstock. And we still bear the mark of that event in our society today. And we believe that this event has the potential to do to do the same thing as far as bringing change, but in a but in a, in a way where we could see it changing the climate of what's happening on school campuses. So this field, we're going to be talking about it more, where that is. Let me encourage you to do take a step right now as you're listening to this. ClaimYourCampus.com slash CYC2020. Go on there, put your name in there so that we can begin to communicate with you what that looks like to be a part of this event. We're going to to need thousands and thousands of adults that are willing to step forward because the way this event works is if there's not an adult advocate for a school, students aren't able to register themselves. 
So having adults is is very key. If you want to know more, that's the place to go. Follow our Facebook page as this the news of this comes out and subscribe to that like it follow us so that you're able to hear help us. Our goal for this event is 100,000 students from 10,000 schools across the country. But all that to say this, imagine 100,000 students gathered from across the country to be sent out with a mission and a purpose to see their campus change through prayer, through sharing God's love, and through serving. That's the dream. We want you to be a part of it. We hope that you can join us on this journey for the next couple years leading up to Claim Your Campus 2020 as we see God do something amazing in this generation. On July 4th, 2020, history will be made. This nation can be changed. We believe students are the generation to usher in true spiritual climate change in America. Prayer is the doorway. So join us to help make this happen. Learn more at claimyourcampus.com slash CYC2020. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.